All right. Welcome, everyone. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Um, unless you've been living under a rock and you're maybe you're not a basketball fan. I'd imagine you're a basketball fan watching this. You probably saw some Luka Doncic yeah. stats recently. What do you have? Yeah. Was it 60? Was it, was 60, it like 20 uh, and 12 or something like that? Yep, yeah, 20 yep. rebounds. The 20 yep. rebounds might be the most amazing stat, <laughs> stat line of that. What is he like? What is he? Six, seven, six, something, he, right? Oh, no, he. He's underrated mass. He's huge. Yeah. He's like he yeah. might be six, seven, six, eight, but his the width of him. It was funny. He was posting up. Who'd they play? Um, it was totally I blanking on. It. Yeah, I know. Just bad. That's bad prep on our part. My bad, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, he was posting someone up. It was the Knicks. Duh. It was uh one of their guards. Maybe it was Quentin Grimes or uh, quickly. Yeah, it was the Knicks. Yep. Yep. And he does a spin move off quickly, and it's like quickly would take like four steps to get to the other side of like yeah. <laughs> it was like a, like the sheer width of luca was yep. massive and i, I think yep. that's such an underappreciated thing but they got 20 rebounds 60 points amazing game yep yep and uh luca does it in a it's like been the kind of the craze a little bit especially um when i'm looking at clips when we're breaking down footwork stuff um <clears throat> It's hard to show like kind of what Luca does just because of the mass and because of the length and stuff and the pace. Like he, he does so many things that it's um, the fork is there, but it's just like these angles that he takes, how he puts people on his back hips. Um, Even when he fades, like, it's not like he's fading very far back. He's just like, has the perfect angle on a lot of those things. So it was a Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford said he looked like the old guy. He went to play with high schoolers. Like the old former yeah. college player who yeah. played it, because yeah. again, when you're it's that crafty, well, when you're that big, like that's the thing. Yeah. People watch him, and you want to mimic him. If you're not his weight, yeah, you can't do that. You can't do what Shaq right. did. You can't do what Jokic does if you're not his size. And people don't. That's like saying I'm gonna go be Ja Morant and try and dunk on people, but I can't dunk. Right. Like right. you, can't... I would be. I would be interested to like get this is not going to happen, but it'd be awesome if I did. If I could get in front of Luca, right, and play defense and just feel the speed that he probably has or like the push off or the acceleration. Um, I remember there's a situation we had like a former NBA guy that was playing overseas and in the workouts, right? He's just flowing and it looks like from a distance that he's not moving that fast. And I got in front of him and played defense and it was like his first stride. I was like, yeah, that's like two of my steps right there at least. Like, so I know Luca, like the biggest thing is he looks a little slow sometimes, but I, I don't know. It, it's just different, obviously, when you're on the floor. So for you physics nerds out there, this is actually an important thing. So you look at Jaw and you look at Luca, and these are mm-hmm. two guys who get by people on different Way variable different. ends of the spectrum. And a, a simple moment, like equation you can think about is momentum, which is mass times velocity. And Jaw Morant is a velocity guy. Doesn't have much mass. He looks like he's a buck sixty, man. He's tiny looking. Yeah, skinny. He might have one seventy-five, maybe, but ridiculous velocity. So you multiply them together. Let's say it's one mass, two velocity. You get two for your momentum, right? This is just like butchered physics math. Sure. But the other way around works too. You have two mass, one velocity, and that's Luca. Like Luca is like yeah. two John Morants and yes. stature. And yeah. so equivalent-wise, if you think about like the physics aspect of it. If you're trying to absorb the force, the force to stop a momentum of two, regardless of how it's created, is equal. So right, the force okay. needed to stop Luca is, is assuming in this hyper balanced equation of right. John and Luca is equal. Yeah. 
And so that's why you can play someone who's really big and they're really hard to move or someone who's really fast and light, but they hit you and you're like, I lost Dang. three three years of my yeah. life without that contact. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the momentum is still the same. You can think that's about it. interesting. I've never thought about it like that. That's very interesting though. Yeah, think about like a tugboat versus like a speedboat. <laughs> You know, they have yeah. different uh, masses. Well, that's probably a horrible example, actually. Think about um, the group. Oh, Luca and Ja. That's just like yeah. a really easy example. Or like older brother, little brother kind of thing was right, the example I was right. going to say, where the older brother isn't that much faster than the little brother. Like, yeah, they're yeah. probably fat, but they're bigger. And when you yeah. weigh like 40 pounds more than someone and you it's get different. hit. Because think about that. How what do you think Emmanuel Quickly's weight is? I mean, it's listed at yeah. something, but what buck ninety probably. I wonder what Lucas is. I'm gonna look. It's that a up lie. Quick. It's a yeah. so Reed, who we train, Reed with shoes on is two sixty, and I okay. I cannot imagine Luca being. They say Luca's two thirty. <laughs> I'm two thirty. And they say Zion is two eighty four and LeBron's two fifty. I'm two thirty. Luca maybe was two thirty. Trey years. Young apparently is one sixty four. I don't know. I don't buy. That's interesting. Luca's not two. <laughs> so that's like they had James Harden back in the day listed at like two twenty. I saw him. I was one ninety sure. one eighty five. I saw him at Hacks in L A. His shoulders were the size. Of, there was not a chance in hell yeah, this man was like two ten. <laughs> like no yeah. way. He's they six, just put six. whatever weight. Yeah. Okay. They don't change it. I know. Well, I know for a fact. Like <clears throat> the guys I train, what their weight is online is off by like twenty pounds. Has and Luca's gotten a little bit bigger since he's coming to the league. Not but like the, the width of his calves. His calves yeah, look yeah. like thighs, and that's not like a hate yeah. on him. He's just a big man. He's built, built different. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. So when you see, he's me, interesting and has a interesting shot, which is what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Uh, just Very the, interesting. The, the idea of a shot. So like I texted Shane with no pretext to this, like what's a good shot. And I was actually referencing mm -hmm. like the, the shot attempt, but not the, the yeah. technique of a shot. Yeah. Yeah. But I like how you came in thinking of the technique of a shot because now yeah. I'm, I, I am spun off my game. I'm actually interested in talking about this too, but <laughs> I want the 60 point game you watch. Sure. And you watch the shots he takes as a coach. Like if you're a high school coach and you had a kid taking those shots, oh, you'd be like, crazy. stop taking those. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, Luca doesn't take the shots that like you'd expect. Luca Doncic, I don't know if I've ever seen him in my entire life taking a two dribble pull up, two hard dribble pull. -up. No, like a two dribble slam the brakes and go up. No. Yeah. And so what are you taught in high school? Pump fake, two dribble pull up. Yeah. Luca will pump fake and like let you fall and just re-engage you and back you down. Yeah, he'll like, just probe and probe and probe. Not and interested fake. in that. So <laughs> the, the question is like, what is the true definition of a good shot for someone? Shot the, selection, the, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the simple definition that people think is like space. Oh, if you have a lot of space, that's a good shot. Well, I know guys right. who get a lot of space who can't make shots. So that's not the case. A good shot... Yeah is one that has the highest probability of going in at the highest effective field goal percentage. Right. Like it, it's just that simple. And so for Luca, yep. he has an amazing, or DeMar DeRozan's a great example too. A great ability to Mid shoot mid range. Yeah, a bro. shot that like on the macro level, people he like, had a, he had like a buzzer beater where it was like, he was like open on the first move, took one more dribble just cause he wanted to hit hit the shot but dude's like hand was right in his face but i i guarantee you he likes it like that like yeah. that's what he would prefer he might have missed the open one yeah 
Right. Like so the word the idea of openness is this like arbitrary assignment we've given to someone. <clears throat> like a classic example, there's a James Harden. There's a famous play where he catches the ball. I don't it's a playoffs in the Rockets. He's on the right wing and he's wide open, but doesn't shoot it and passes it. And people are like, oh, up in arms. But he might have had a miss bobble. He might have been ready. He thought someone was closing out on him. Right. The guy pump faked him. And he knew he wasn't, even though he was open, he wasn't in rhythm. Versus you sure. watch like, I don't know, um, any elite NBA three-point shooter, they'll just catch it. And a guy in their yeah. grill will shoot it. Right. And so like, yeah. they're a lot less open. And James has taken way tougher shots than that. Yeah, but he's more off the dribble too, though. Like that's his thing is is going off the bounce. And that's where people like that's the that makes me so mad. I listened to a podcast. I forgot it was a Cavaliers coach, maybe currently, or maybe previously. Sure. I don't remember talking about how he doesn't like analytics. Oh, they're they're wrong, right? Because certain guys like analytics says don't shoot a pull up jump shot, but Demar Derozan shoots it. Well, no, there's a difference between like macro analytics, like on average. Yeah. And micro, like DeMar DeRozan sure. is analytically actually a very, very good three-point shooter. Or like yep. James Harden's amazing off-the-dribble shooter. So, like, don't ignore analytics. That's just you not understanding analytics. Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah. And so, and as a coach, we take these macro assumptions. I say we, like I'm a coach. As coaches, I've dealt with. Like, yeah. oh, that's a bad shot. Well, no, Like, no, like I'm not going to, like unless you're like a really young player, you're not just going to take bad shots. Like I'm not interested right. in taking shots. I'm going to miss my, my coach. Right. Like that's a bad look, Max. I'm like, well, I thought I could make it. Yeah, like, I know. And so it's, it's, interesting. it's interesting. Yeah. I think, uh, I think one of the biggest things too, is like, um, and one of the hardest things I hear from coaches, especially high school coaches, um, college is a little bit different because they can just be a little bit more honest with you. High school coaches are dealing with these parents and all these things where I've literally heard some coaches say the whole team, nobody's going to shoot a floater, which yeah. oh, God. some kids are really bad at. So you don't, so, but then you have this five ten kid and he's like, yeah, you know, no strength on him, and, and they want him to jump off of two feet, make contact and finish. I'm like, this kid will never score at the rim. Then that's ridiculous. And he's good at floaters. But the problem is that sometimes and not, not the only issue, but a lot of these coaches, uh, they give out these blanket rules because it's easier to say, Hey, if this is a, just our team mentality, right, we're going to go to the rim or we're going to shoot threes or we're going to kick it out, which isn't a bad strategy. But if you have a kid that can actually hit it at that level, no, it, then is, a, it you, is a bad strategy. It's lazy. Yeah. It don't, is don't, lazy. Let's, let's not, let's not like beat yeah. around the bush here. Like someone says, Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna make a blanket statement. If he was a player, that coach, are you really going to make a bl- – you do you want to be blanket statements and your ability to score is removed because some coach right. doesn't let you – that's not that's not like our way of playing. That's the – there is factually, regardless of emotion, the uh, uh, the right shot you should take and the wrong yeah. shot you should take. It's, and, it's just – it's different when you go to college though because they'll be like, look, Shane, uh, you, you can dribble three three times. Kyle, you're terrible at dribbling. Don't dribble the ball at all, right? Or they'll say, Shane, no pull-ups. Just shoot the three or swing it, right? And then say, hey, Steve, you're good off the bounce. Go ahead and shoot pull-ups. They can be honest with you where some people in high school, I don't know if it's like the kid, the coach are worried about hurting the kid's feelings or like, like the kid saying, well, mom, he won't let me shoot this shot, but so-and-so gets to shoot all these other shots, blah, blah, blah. So now they come out with these blanket statements basically just, to keep their job safe or to not hurt anybody's feelings. But it's like, dude, you have some kids that can play and can hit different shots than others. And I hate the college coach that says that too. I'm a grown man, dude. I'm like 21 years old my junior year. Like, I know if I yeah. can drive to the hoop or not. Like, don't act. Yeah. College coaches are the worst at overcoaching. 
because you're in a weird spectrum of like guys who've played the game long enough that they're actually like close to the experience you've played as a coach. Like, sure. Like, Hey, I've played four years in college coach. What'd you yep. play four years in college? Congratulations. Yep. We're at the same level now. We're the same. Yep. Um, obviously they have coaching experience, but the idea of like all a, first off, all coaching experience, making them better at decision-making is uh, an interesting fallacy. Cause yeah. I know a lot of our teammates would call a lot better plays at times than the coach yeah. because you're actually intelligent in the game. You're not trying to uh, overanalyze it. You get like this like hierarchical power struggle where a coach, like you can see them, they become obsessive with calling sets every play. Yeah. As if like they want to have the impact on the game. And right. as a player, like if a coach has ever yelled at me, hey, box out on the rebound. Like, really, coach? I'm 21, dude. Like, I understand like this free throw. I'm going to try and box out. Like, not, yeah. you don't need to yell at me to get a rebound. <laughs> the instruction, I, yeah. yeah. I, I get how this goes. <laughs> I, 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 at this point, I'm pretty confident, like past third grade, you don't need to remind me anymore that yeah. I have the shooter. Like, Why does a coach do that, though? Why does a coach say that? Because they there's not much definition, right? So if you're a coach, no <clears throat> one... Like there's not like a coaching school where they have critical thought <laughs> yeah. processes of like, what's the actual definition of a good shot? What's the definition? Sure. Of so here's an example. And this is like no ding on my college coach, whatever. He yelled at me all the time. You don't play good defense. Cause what would happen was these teams would run an action. And my guy, if you look on average, especially in college, all these co kids are afraid to shoot because they have so much structure in the game. Oh, so yeah. It's it's like they don't even look at the rim. So I know the action. Like, why am I going to pressure him? I know he's going to cut back door after this. Like, can yeah. I just like why back up? overdo it? And the, more, the number of times a player actually catches the ball and after their initial look, they're not open, that they're willing to actually shoot a jab step triple threat three is so low i would willingly let them take it i dare yeah, yeah, you because yeah. i would love to hear your coach yell at you after you miss that that you aborted this play to shoot a triple threat three <laughs> like it's so funny bro bro <laughs> imagine that kid shoots that and you're like thank you and he just gets ripped that's literally what would happen well, I, I was a lazy... running a play it's like you got to <laughs> swing the ball over there don't even look at the rim so you're saying like you would pick up on these things, right? And you'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to swing it there. You're going to go there. Yeah. Now you got it. Now I'll play defense. I would have I know an aggressive this... closeout on the ball because he's yeah. at the highest probability of shooting it. In the minute he lowers that ball to pass, I back up because he's looking for cutters. I know I'm yeah. not fast. If I get in your grill, I give you a driving lane. You're going to go by me. I dare you to shoot <laughs> <Pull that. laughs> a second pass triple threat three with 15 seconds on the shot clock. That's I know hilarious. In your head, if you didn't shoot it right away, I know you're scared to. I knew so if I back up once. Did you ever explain this strategy to your coach? Yeah, and then he, what? It was like he's not going to shoot it. Like I dare you. I'm <laughs> not. Gonna, I wouldn't shoot it because I'd get yelled at. Yeah. Like, the coach didn't always appreciate my insights. Yeah. <laughs> so you're thinking like this is just natural instinct while you play. He's obviously not playing, right? And you're like, yes, I know how to go. I know how to save my energy. I know when to play defense. I I know my strengths as a defender. So I'm going to either do this or that. Where I think he probably wants you to like, no matter what, we're low, we're hands ready, we're up in there, like all these things, right? And it's and it's putting you at a disadvantage. Like it's if you have to get on his hip because this is the team rule, get up and play oh like this God. because that's what we do no matter what. Like, all right, I'm gonna get killed like 95% of the time. Then yeah, I was so we were, I was working with Reed yesterday. Um, and one of the drills we we're doing is work on defense. I said, sure. look, if I you have to match my angles. So he has a rope. Reed has a rope. The rope is tied yeah. around my waist. I'm dribbling the ball. 
the rule was I was going to sprint open court, but if I beat him, he has to sprint to recover, right? But unlike traditional defense, if the minute I lower my shoulders, get the hell off me, back up. Because you're basically saying at full speed, Max, if you stop and shoot a jump shot, like you for some reason are respecting that in the same extent I'm taking a slow dribble. A full mm-hmm. speed, one dribble pull-up jump shot, if a guy makes that, congratulations, that's one hell of a shot. But you're not going to take it. Right. So the right. minute someone attacks the hoop, think about on offense. I'm not driving full speed thinking, I am now going to pull up. You're trying spot, to find, right. you're you're trying to to find contact. Yeah. And the first person I experienced this with, Chasen Randall, played for the Magic. He's in the uh, yep. G League right now. I, play, I like to play my guys one-on-one because I want to feel like what it's like to play yeah. a pro. And I would always – he probably didn't go that hard against me, but I'd feel like I was always open. And i drive, and i go to shoot, and the ball would be gone. Like, just like gone. Like, disappeared yeah. out of my hands. Because he would constantly give he space and close space. And that yeah. was the most yep. – Interesting thing. So, like, if someone is full, because working with Corrali and a point guard off a ball screen for Reed, if the guy goes downhill, lower shoulders in a deep position, like the, that push pocket dribble, like you talked about in the last podcast, yep. sprint yep. your ass back, turn and burn, get in front Go of to the him. rim. Yeah. Cause cool. He makes a 12 footer. What's your coach going to say? That's a tough shot. Good D. No legs. Yeah, yeah. Tough shot. So, <laughs> even though the outcome could be the same, if you've jumped and the guy goes and shoots a layup, both are two points. One's a bad defense, and the other one's a tough mate. Well, you think about too, though, the coach's least favorite thing is getting beat off the dribble. And then, obviously, when you when you chase hip, like if somebody took me off the dribble and I chase your hip, you're eventually going to get in front of me. But if yeah. I chase to a space or chase to a spot, then I, I can actually be the one that stops that penetration, don't require as much help. Right. Okay. And yeah. when talking about that too, is like a lot of people have done this, a drill like this before. I'm really like actually give space, give seven feet, give five feet. Yeah. Like get off because first off in college, there's help side guys are coming to dig. They're going to throw hands in there. Right. Right. But in the NBA, if a first off, unless you're guarding the dude, the dude, right. Which every team has two dudes on it. Do you really mm-hmm. think that guy is going to be, a comfortable shooting a full speed 15 foot jump shot. You College know is gonna... the perfect example, bro. Like, because it is so structured and so like players literally become a shell of who they were. Right. Because you now you have this very specific role. So if, yeah, if the, if it's this guy that comes off the bench or if it's this wing player, that's a three and D guy, <laughs> like, please it. Lord, as soon as you dribble, I'm going to run to that rim. I'll either meet you there or you're going to shoot a bad shot. Yeah. Shoot. shoot. I dare you to shoot a pull up. You haven't, you haven't practiced yeah, a pull up hilarious. in two years. Go ahead that's and hilarious. shoot it. It's like I watch that's these so teams funny. play. And if I, I'm not a coach, but if I played in March Madness, yeah. I'd run a two, three zone if I was a small team. And I would let every team's big man shoot 15 footers. I would, I would be willing to bet that they couldn't score 50 points in a 40 minute game with their big man shooting 15 footers. I just be willing to bet yeah. you can't you can't shoot an effective field goal percentage of fifty percent because the minute right. you miss two, you start thinking about it. I won't even guard him. Shoot it. I'm not going to beat sure. you mano a mano, but I will beat you if you decide to shoot fifteen foot jump shots. Like it's just like so no one. If, <laughs> so okay. if I'm on offense, right? If I'm on offense, and let's say you have that strategy, what should I? What do I do? Do I shoot the pull up? Do I shoot the oh, floater? So this is so this is cool. This is right in my wheel. So it's called embodied perception. I sent you a message on this. Yes. Yes. And so I'm looking at it right now. The, yeah. The exact study of this, because I don't want to butcher it because I have the tendency to do that at times, but essentially it looks at how we perceive our skills. And okay. so the idea is that 
There's a cool study, which I sent you, Shane. You could check it out. It's in Rob Gray's textbook. Rob Gray, yep. Yeah, awesome book called Move. Um, so yep. there's a study where they want to attempt to understand why people took the stairs versus the escalator. Yep, and on average, to this. those who took the escalator perceived the steepness of the stairs to be more steep. So the steepness of the stairs, let's say it was like 45 degrees. Sure. The people who took the escalator, they're like, oh, that must have been- That's 50, pretty steep. That's 55 degrees. And the people who didn't take it, thought it was less. Oh, it's only 40 degrees. That's no big deal. And they'd done this study with numerous different affordances. So like um, whether or not someone could run up a hill and there's water at the top or not, like whether or not they perceived they could do it. So it's embodied perception. So your abilities okay. affect how you perceive things. It's like when you watch John Morant and you're like, that's not a lane there. And there's a lane for him. He just jumps. Yeah. He just jumps because he perceives it. His body has the physical ability to do it and he perceives yeah. it. So yeah. you might be open, but you might not actually perceive to be open. So, so does your abilities and your tools decide your perception then? Cause Jai is very athletic. So yeah, he's so like, okay, I can, I can jump over that or I can jump through that. There's another study. They looked at rock climbers and they looked at, they had like a, a, a scaling wall essentially. And they looked at beginners versus advanced people and they put eye tracking on their eyes. So what routes they look to do and all the beginners had a very basic route. They looked for okay. all the certain things. The advanced people who had the skills, eyes tracked sporadically over it because they saw everything as an opportunity, right? Sure. So it's because Whereas if I was rock climbing, I wouldn't be, I would see nothing. You're looking for the most sturdy, rock. big yeah. rock. The go. biggest ledge that I can grab with my arm. Yeah. Okay. And so that's why you watch like Nikola Jokic throw passes. You're like, how did he see that? Because he literally sees something yeah, different gets, yes. based on his abilities. And so the question is, how come when we grow as physical adults, those skills don't catch up with our embodiment? Like okay. an example would be, imagine you're not fast and then you become fast and athletic. How many guys do you see in the NBA who are extremely athletic that didn't use their athleticism to a hyper degree? Right. Right. J.R. Smith, one of the most athletic humans to play basketball. Watch his yeah. life. Three, Mike uh, from Overtime Hoffman mentioned this. He's like one of the most absurd athletes. And you can watch his highlights, but he doesn't really do anything athletic with his drives. He'll make crazy sure. finishes, but he's arguably within the realm of just sheer vertical explosiveness of Ja Morant, you could say. In, in the yep. realm, maybe not equivalent, yep. but doesn't yep. do any of the finishing that Ja Morant does. Ja did. Ja right. uses That's his so physical abilities. In the same way, Luca uses his physical abilities. And so like, if you're Luka Doncic and people go, oh, Luca's out of shape. Maybe we should get him to lose weight. Like, are you kidding? You'll just have that's a, his best part. You'll have a that's slow, that's how he sees things. Yeah. yeah, you'll have a slow mass, non-powerful, non-powerful yeah, powerful okay. Like, imagine like that was that's the so case. And so, how do you how do you grow your perception then, or like how do you improve that? Is it improving skill work, like? If I can't dribble, right, then I'm perceiving openings in the lane like I probably shouldn't go there. Think about, first off, you got to be honest. I think a lot of players can actually answer this. And you can look at can I versus can't I. So an example is can I physically run that fast or can I not? If you can, but you don't, it's probably your ball handling skills, right? If I can't run that fast with the ball in my hand, but I can run faster, that's my ball handling skills. Another aspect yes. of it, like we touched upon previously, is you haven't experienced success with it. So I might be athletic. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I've never expressed my athleticism. So I was someone who couldn't dunk in college 
And now I play, mm-hmm. I can dunk. Now I got athletic, now I'm 30. And I got sure. my first tip slam at the age of 29 in a men's adult league. And the question is, it took me like so much mental You effort. just weren't used to like going to dunk it. Like that wasn't <laughs> yeah. a thought of you. I had to yeah. like consciously be like, I'm going to dunk now. It was weird because like my game would switch. I'd constantly look for holes and gaps instead sure. of like looking at like, can I make contact and bump and fade? And so mm-hmm. by playing against a lower competition, which is my first instinct, I'm like, yeah, 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 catch up so I can bump you and fade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not jump at the rim. And this goes, I was watching this Arkansas LSU game the other day. And this is an example of it. There's a fast break and the guy from Arkansas goes up for a layup. And these two LSU guys jump full dead ass speed down the court and they just jump yeah. and like foul the guy, but crazy contest. And I was like, man, like, first off, even if I ran that fast, I don't know if I'd ha- be comfortable even jumping. Jumping these guys, at, yeah, at these, the rim. <laughs> these guys don't even think about it. Yeah. And so, like, they have their embodied, so they're using so much of their physical ability. And you see this in high skill guys. So, someone like uh, AJ Green, who I work with, is an yeah. extreme high skill guy. He doesn't have John Morant athleticism. So, the only way he could have been successful to get to where it is, is a two time Missouri Valley player of the year playing for the Bucks, is to have an absurd level of skill. Same mm. with Steph Curry. Steph Curry's skill yeah. is off the charts. There are guys way more athletic than Steph Curry, but his skill is so ridiculous. And yeah. so only when you have this pairing of skill and athleticism do you get these like really what Victor Wimbanyama. People are like, oh my God. Right. <clears throat> like skill and height and athleticism. Is he like this magical mm-hmm. unicorn? But in reality is like people who are super athletic, like Zion, you don't need, what's more skill going to do? Like right. it's not like he's scoring 45 a game being more skilled. Maybe would take off some of the burden of athleticism. Like Vince Carter was one of the few who transitioned from hyper athleticism to then merging to, out of that. to like being a shooter in his skill adjusting. Yeah. And that's an honest, like understanding Vince Carter's of great. your body. Yeah. Um, that's, that's so interesting because Vince Carter was very dominant right hand. Everything. If you watch like some of his early highlights is drive right hard. He would dunk with his right hand. And then I think about like, I think about Reed Travis, who we both work with, like we did like, ye- like months, right. Of him just improving his shot, like one on all. And then they came to an off season. I was like, look, we're not doing, we can't do that anymore. You need to be a shooter, right? The term was just like, you got to become one, which he never was. So now it's like, we have to change the way you think about what shots are good shots. And then that's when we would play like those D2 kids, right. Where it's like, okay. At this talent level, you can get to some stuff that's easier than playing against probably some pro players, right? Yeah. And uh, I think that helped. And even just playing against me and another coach, like us running him down and all these things, he's like, yep, I can hit the shot. So is that the best way is you add some skill and then you you gain some experience where it's like, okay, like for you, like you got your tip slam. Now the next dunk hopefully will become easier, right? Because you're more willing because you have that experience. And think about like learning anything. So imagine you were trying to learn a language. You can practice by yourself yeah. all you want, but until you get into a conversation, you're not going to experience the. Mistakes. You have to answer right the you're randomness, have, the yeah, the variability yeah. of just whatever. Yeah, and so it's it's interesting, right? Because that all ties back to like what is a good shot for somebody. Yeah, and yeah. unless you understand the things that make up a shot in the first place then you can't really define what a good shot is. So like, I'm, right. I highly doubt a lot of coaches know what embodied perception is, not to be an ass, but like right, my right. guess is they probably yeah. don't. And that's really hard to then understand why certain guys like Dirk Nowinski 
a fadeaway is a great shot. One foot, yeah. one footer fades. Yeah. He's gigantic and just leans away. He didn't jump over people. If you look at small players, they score in one of two ways for their jump shot. Extreme elevation or extreme quickness. Isaiah Thomas, the one from Washington, extreme elevation lefty. Steph Curry, Jumps extreme high, quickness. Yeah. Doesn't jump at all. Yeah. It's one yeah. or the other. <laughs> like yeah. Trey, Trey Young, very quick. Quick floaters, quick shots. Uh, you know, Clemens, who played at like Campbell, I think it was a great scorer in college. Jimmer Fredette, an elevator. Yeah. Jimmer Fredette jumped out the gym for his he, jump shot. He jumps so high. So it's, high. Why, or, why, why though? Why did he do that? Because he didn't develop it quick. So you pick one of two routes. You either pick the quick route or you pick the fast route. Okay. And I mean, the, the quick routes or the jump high routes. Or the, yeah. yeah okay. It's just like he had success as a little kid of jumping high. He's probably very, so he stuck he with ma- it. Yep. Maybe he matured well and like was like early yeah. on very strong and could shoot that. And he wasn't faster than the kids. So, and someone maybe told him, don't fade away. So he just jumped over people. Yeah. Chris Paul has you know the what? like overhead fadeaway toss he does. The f- I do though, you know, there either when I either like play men's league now, or even I think about college, like there were shots that if you didn't shoot, even though there were different shots than everybody else, if you didn't shoot that specific shot, somebody would yell, you need to shoot that. That's your shot. You have to, that's like, otherwise people get upset. Right. Mm-hmm. right? Um, one of my favorite literally was you catch jab pause and then pull it for some reason. I don't know if that's what I practiced when I was younger. If maybe it was like, I had success like twice. You played a bunch younger, of people like me who just did, who backed off after the first catch. Yeah. Who back, who, who didn't. Yeah, that's right. Who, who gamed did, the uh, You gamed me. didn't want to get on my hip. God, if I had better defenders when I was younger, man, I probably could have been something else. Yes, Somebody that jumped on my hip. I, maybe I just would rip and go and I'd be quicker off the bounce. If I think about it too, like the people that I grew up playing against was they're like people just like me, right? That didn't jump on the hip, that didn't close out hard. So it's like, yeah, jab. Yeah. All right, I'll shoot this. Yeah, I played against really athletic dudes and I shot a fadeaway. And my college coach was like, Don't shoot a fadeaway. And, and like like my, my friend how, was like, how else will I my friend was a yeah. lefty? And so he always would spin because he'd drive right, spin back left. Go and the back college to the left. coach yep. would say Spin lefties moves. do that all the time too. Spin moves don't work in college, is what he said. So he wasn't allowed to spin anymore, and that That's was like crazy. his main move. And so he's like, what "Okay, are you so th- now, you, yeah, what are you talking you just about?" Just got rid of like, half of his. Yeah, he's like, options. "Spin moves don't. We're not allowed to spin. If you spin, you run." And he's like, "Based on what? <laughs> yeah, you recruited me here. <laughs> are you kidding? This is the, what science says. So that what? This- what? Because we talked about there's no school, no program for college or for coaches, right?" What is it having some of that study stuff, right? And I also think going back to what we said is like when when the coach would yell like Max box out and you look at him like, dude, yeah, yeah, I know. Like, do they feel like them sitting on the bench quietly, right, or not quietly, but just like not saying stuff isn't good enough? Well, like, how do, do they coaches, feel like they again, need to be I'm, doing people coaches me pissed at me because I'm making blanket statements in the world I'm not super versed in, but they go to like coaching clinics taught by their coaches. Have they ever read a motor <clears throat> learning book? Like a coach. Right. is supposed to help a player learn movement. Move, right? yeah, how to move. How about you yeah. learn the science? There is a science that is funded by research that you can Google in PubMed. There are books on it, believe it or not, yeah. on how yeah. we learn to move. <laughs> There's yeah. a literal science to it. And is that is that something that you learned when you were going through school for you know whatever you guys- To an extent, I learned much okay. more later. Uh, sure. Motor learning, certain schools don't have a specific curriculum directly geared towards it. Rob okay, Gray uh, in Arizona State has a grad program. I believe he teaches as well there. He's got a great podcast too. Great podcast. I sent that to you. <laughs> a, you did. Dude, look, I'm pumping through the, yeah. 
yeah. it's great. And the, the funny thing yeah. is like motor learning, of course, like the foundations of it are kind of hilarious because they was invented like in Soviet era Russia in an attempt to better understand how to make tanks faster. They wanted to figure out wow. like how blacksmiths strike hammers more efficiently to not have any misstrikes. Yeah, and so up to the they, yeah, they studied like that the, the hammer strike. And what they found was yeah. it was Nikola Bernstein, who's like a godfather of motor learning, is that the elite blacksmiths had a different backswing every time, but they hit the nail more often. The amateur blacksmiths <laughs> had the same pattern every time of the backswing, but missed the nail more often. So shooting technique, that could be a shooting And that's the thing. thing is you don't, you actually want variability because you watch guys and you get so obsessive. Like you have to shoot like this. You have to shoot like that. But life is variable. The causal yeah. outcome of the make of a basketball, the physics is distance. So release velocity and angle it has nothing to do with form. I could throw a ball underhand a la, is it Rick Barry, right? Great, yeah, yeah, great, yeah. Underhand and make shots. So by default, he's proven that you don't need to have mechanics the technique be, it doesn't matter of, as much right so physics determines whether or not it goes in and then you determine physics. repeatability yep. so what does your biological system allow for repeatability and you talk about this off air and you see all the time with little kids little kids get a big yeah. 29.5 basketball they get a 10-foot hoop and you wonder yeah. why they shoot with two hands because they physically they shove it yeah, yeah they physically can't get it there with good form so when I grew but the, up, the, but the reward is seeing the ball go through the net right so they're like so they start to learn two hands yeah. and then they grow yeah. up and they get older and they're physically strong enough to shoot with one hand, but they still shoot with two because yep. why they learn this pattern yeah. of success. And so like as the idea of this, like skill and physical um, asynchrony. So like they're physically strong enough, but they don't express the skill. So you get a kid mm -hmm. and you're like mandating him to do something like shoot like this. First off, should you even shoot the guy? Michael red hucks it over his head. AJ green, who <laughs> I work with is a light. Well, the the, the amount of kids, the amount like, of pro players that thumb the ball, right? Yeah, Ray Allen crazy. did. People don't yeah. want to say it. <laughs> Look at Kyrie, Curry, a lot of people do it. I've even seen pictures of Damian Lillard. Like his hand, the ball sits in his hand, and his fingertips, his shooting hand fingertips are off the ball. Yeah, until he palms he, like, it. He like finishes it, like spins yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And so the man of the day is like, my dad always said, if you can make it once, you can make it again. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a simple motto. Yeah. He's like, don't worry about your form. You so, can make it once, make it what, again. What would you... What would you say to a parent or to a, a, an athlete or another coach that um, maybe thinking about a, a shot change? How would you approach something I have, like that? I have done that with a kid, actually. It was a okay. friend, and it worked very well. But the way we did it was you give him like structure, but to explore within it. So you're not okay. going to sit there and be like, elbow here, hand here. I said two things. I want good backspin on the ball. And our, our way to develop it was shoot the ball as high as you can, not at a hoop. Just shoot it as high as you That's can. That's what we do too. We <laughs> literally did that today. I was like, get away from the hoop. I want you to throw and, and shoot this thing as high, literally as high as you can. Because that's physics and the yep. backspin's trajectory control. That's so it. So now he's understanding how to get leverage and use a lever to like, yeah, okay. And yep. and then you, so what my dad would do is <clears> to me, I actually had to do this as a kid. I broke my hand. He's like, time to fix your shot, son. <laughs> I was like, no, I was like crying. <laughs> what we did was, I would shoot it in the air, like an arc yeah. over 10 feet. And I'd slowly walk to the hoop to the point where I was close enough that it would go in. I'm not even like trying to make it. I'm just like shooting the same arc. It's like, all right, now you're yeah. making it. Now you take a step back and still make it. And we would just go step by step every day. And I learned the energy transfer. And he was a big proponent of shoot from half court. 
shoot the same form, shoot farther, like, shoot further Dude, away. Expand I tell the, I tell kids this all the time um, with form shooting, right? I'll go to the next to the rim and I'll shoot two hands. And then the next one I'll thumb it. Next one I'll shoot left hand. I'll make three in a row. And I'd be like, imagine I scoot back there and do that. There's no way it goes in. Right. So when I'm, I'm telling these kids to do form shots, right. Or no jumps, right. Basically just shooting with your upper body and flowing with your legs and not pop, popping off the ground. I say, can we scoot back to mid range? and do no jumps and then develop that all the way back to the three-point line. Um, Cause it, it will expose, right. The farther you scoot back, the more issues you have with your physics of your shot. will they'll be highly exposed that Just way. Think about the trajectory, right? So you guys have all taken yeah. some sort of class of math. I'm not sure which one this is. Where you, like maybe it's geometry where you look at yeah. circle and radiance and the radius. And so if you ever look at like a tr- um, the, the distance the further the object away is that you're launching something, yeah. the smaller the deviation or the more amplified the deviation perfection is. What I mean by that is if it's sure. a 45 degree angle, you need to perfectly have to make the shot. If you're 46 degrees and you're two miles away, the ball is going to miss by like hundreds of feet. Right? Yes, so okay. It's amplified. But if you're like yeah. next to the hoop, and you shoot, you might make it actually. You <laughs> might, you might. Right? And so the amplification of air exists the further back you are. And so without yep. even knowing it, you're actually essentially shooting on like a smaller hoop. So like by default, That's true. Yeah, I make, that makes you're sense. actually causing what's called the standard air of movement to reduce. So if you think about every time we do a movement, there's a little bit of variability that occurs left and right. Like when you draw the letter A, every A is a little bit different. Every time you shoot the shots, a little bit different. But eventually to the point, the difference might get exposed into a miss the far, far enough back you are. And so okay. as you back up further and further, if you don't have things perfect, it's going to be more amplified and come off as an error, a mistake, mm-hmm. which is why you can take wild ass pull up jump shots with crazy form and get away with it and make more of them. But you can't take that same wild jump shot and have the same yeah. consistency deep because you might actually have an air that's large enough at that 15 footer that it wouldn't go in at 30 feet away. Sure. Well, I, so I have a question for you then. Uh, and this might be a, this could be a whole nother topic for another podcast, but it, let's say I want to become an elite shooter and you know, everybody's always talking about reps, right? And now there's a big push in basketball training to add variable into your variables into your shooting, which I agree with, right? Add some randomness, add different looks, shoot from two, shoot from three, shoot on the move. Don't know what shots coming next. Right. How do you, what, what if there's a kid where, right? Maybe they're younger or whatever it is, or they're going through a shot change. Is getting the same shot in the same spot enough variables for some Ooh, kids? This, like is, this, just is a, this is a huge argument here. So this is an argument in the motor learning science world. And okay. there's a school that says we should do everything through constraints-led approach. So CLA, that's the example okay. of like randomness. So maybe you yep. might have a constraint in the sense, or like it's an environmental approach, but essentially what you can think about is structured versus unstructured. Yeah. Things where we do things kind of randomly and they get better because the randomization forces the body to merge into a specific pattern or we control the pattern under structure. So we say, Hey, you got to shoot like this. Yeah. And so okay. it's hard to say that structures never worked. If you just like people practice with structure and they've gotten better. So you've seen kids who've never had this quote unquote randomness and still have made progress. So obviously structure has to work to an extent. The argument is the, sure. the level that it works. My argument sure. in that realm is that they don't even have structure in their shots. So by nature, just shooting the ball is That's highly, highly variable. Like, it's right. just like so chaotic that you yeah. don't even know what's going on. And eventually it, that form and structure might 
begin to merge and take shape. And then you can mm -hmm. add variability. Then you slide the scale over to the variability side. Yeah, yeah. and so you always want to be pushing a little bit, but you don't want to be pushing over. Think about right. keeping okay. a ball rolling versus like booting it down the street. You just want to keep the ball rolling. And so for yeah. some kids, like that's a good way to shooting, there's so much make three in a row, you know, right? Yeah, so much variability. Just yeah. the yeah. way they catch the ball, they haven't caught the basketball enough <laughs> to even know. Like, and you can start with small variability. Yeah. Like maybe you roll it. Maybe you have a bounce yeah. pass versus a chest pass. Can can you do both at the same time? Like, let's say. Um, can I introduce the, let's say for lack of better terms, can I just get the basic reps, but also introduce some variable variability or is it like get the reps totally first? And, okay. And, yeah. Cause and, and, that, that's, that's a big thing right now with a lot of my kids is like the biggest complaint is I can't make shots in games. Right. And it's like, okay, is this a skill thing or is this a situation thing? Like, or what is going on? So right. It's a variability with purpose. And what I mean by that is you don't just want to do, in my opinion, just complete, like sheer randomness. Maybe that sure. kind of works. Sure, whatever. But there are certain things they're called attractors and fluctuators. Things that are always there, regardless of the environment. Like the follow through, regardless attractor. Yeah, right? you always have the follow through in a certain way, or you always mm -hmm. have some level of balance to an extent. You could argue the yeah. magnitude of balance. Yeah. But the fluctuators yep. might be shot pocket stance timing, speed of yeah. shot, trajectory angle of the shot itself, your body's torso mm -hmm. position. And so what you might do is you might put them in a situation that only challenges a couple of those fluctuators to build robustness. So yeah. we're going to shoot this one really quick, or we're going to shoot this one with the defender's hand in your face. With a closeout, yeah. Yeah, or we're going to shoot this one in a staggered stance, or we're going to shoot this one without seams on the ball. Or mm. you're doing certain things to challenge it. Like, okay, I'm challenging the ability to catch the pass. So that's the fluctuator of the catch and gather. Or I'm challenging the, the ability of their getting their feet down. So how quick they can shoot it. Or I'm challenging the ability to shoot out of a left shot pocket. So you're, sure. you're specifically adding a variability within it. And so you're yeah. adding what's called a constraint to the environment. You're not allowing the movement to take place unless this other movement shooting from the left mm -hmm. shot pocket takes place first. So you're constraining sure. it. Um, and there's like natural constraints, which is like you have to throw in the strike zone if you're a pitcher <laughs> or like, or yeah. you try to at least, um, if you're trying to throw strikes or you have to make the shot. Um, then there's like yeah. environmental constraints, which is like, oh, I'm playing against really tall guys or the court is 94 feet long. That's a constraint. Yeah. yeah. Or you talk about biological constraints, which is like, I'm not physically strong enough to get it there. And so there's like yeah. layers within this world. There's well. so many with everybody too. Everybody's got in the, in the way that just like we talked before, everything from when they grow, they grew up and perceived and their experiences will play a role into that as well. And yeah. At the end of the day, like it's really important to realize there isn't a secret sauce formula. Like right. Apparently right. people have, have gotten really good through certain means and methods. Like what's the famous line Bruce Lee said, I'd rather face a guy. I'd rather face a guy who's done a thousand with one good kick yeah. or whatever, or versus guys yeah. kicked one kick a thousand times. And so yeah, yep. like maybe there is a granular aspect of truth to that. And some people might excel because you should never ignore what works for you. Right. Like, if Played you're going, your strengths. Yep. If yep. you're for some reason, this, like I love variability as a shooter. I hated consistent reps. But there are some guys I've played with who like they just want to get reps and then they can just shoot the dickens out of the ball. 
And so like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like science would suggest that my way would work better, but the dude shoots better than me. And I'm not really going to mess with that. And so like, <laughs> so there's like a, a give and take with it. It's so it's sometimes, yeah, it, it seems like it's so individualized. If with, you're not making it, really progress, right. If you're not making progress, that's a time to evaluate, or maybe like at the pros and certain guys who are very trying to edge out the last 4%, 5%. Um, then you start to really think about this because yeah. they've played basketball for so long. You really think shooting any more reps is going to like, think about that right. between you. And this is a horrible thing to think about how many reps did we waste? Like how much time did oh, we spend yeah. doing nothing that got us nowhere? On average, right. we actually don't make much progress in basketball. And you could argue that it's because we don't apply the science very well, or you could argue sure. that maybe it's because we don't know the science very well, or yep. we have too many biases based on our own beliefs versus not like educated justifications. Like on average, the science would say this. We just say, no, but we did this. And yeah. so you have these yeah. issues in there. Um but I do yeah. like, I think the idea of exploring, at least at the moment is a, is a good thing to do. Yeah. But I don't think, I think, like, I think that one thing I see too, is like a lot of these parents, like I had a, you know, I've ran into a bunch of parents that somebody will reach, will say something like, uh, you know, you will ask me in front of the kids, like, yeah, how many shots, Shane, how many shots you think is good for in a week? I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I mean, who are you? What, what position you play? Like, where did, you know what I mean? Like, and I'll say some random number and he'd be like, see, Jimmy, I told you, you got to be making this amount of shots. I'm like, you don't know if that's what he needs though. Like we have no idea. I heard a story. I'm not sure if it's true, but it's a legend. So Kyle Korver, Kyle Korver, if you hear this, you can give me a ring. Um, he's like, apparently <laughs> Kyle Korver went to the gym one day and I forgot someone went to watch him work out and I'm going to leave names out of it. But he said, basically he shot one shot. He didn't like it and left. I was like, what am I going to do? Dude, get worse? I heard this. Somebody, like, I've heard that. I heard Kyle literally I've heard this not that specific story, but I've heard that if when Kyle Corver did his workouts, if at any point he was missing continuously or something didn't feel right, he'd go. Just he'd leave. leave. That's what I've heard. So maybe it's and true. I've heard it from I, all I think about some days too where where I um if I take a day off, right? When I was playing, if I would take some days off, I would feel way better when I would come back. And I'd be like, was I just like compiling air after air after air by just getting more and more reps? And I should have just chilled and took a day off and reset whatever motor system in my, you know what I mean? And well, just think about this went too. back the next day. Like how often we do reps at 85% because you're like, I'm going to work out for 60 minutes and you just yeah. work out for 60 minutes. But like, if I were to run sprints, I want to get better at sprinting. I'm not going to jog for 60 minutes. I'm going to sprint and take big breaks. And so yeah. you're challenging your brain to learn something. Like imagine you're learning a language. You wouldn't I'm gonna cram 60 minutes straight. You might take a 15 minute break. Like, why don't we yeah. take breaks in training? Why there's yeah. so many archaic things. Well, there's so many things in training that exist because yeah. we're stuck within a, a temporal constraint, which exists for high schoolers. Sure, you only have so much allotted time to train. But as a pro guy, like you can take a break. You can shoot for yeah. 20 minutes, take a break, and shoot again for 20 minutes, take a break, yeah. and yeah. keep shooting over and over again because that's your job. And you don't even have to sweat had, when you work out. Like you do I all these crazy story, things. I have a story for that. Like I, so uh, God, I forget who it was. Um, Brent Berry. Do you remember Brent Berry? I actually think I met Rick, Brent. Well, he's yeah. the athletic one, right? I met Scooter Berry yeah. once. Yeah, I think there's John Berry, Brent Berry, Rick Berry was the dad. I think I, so. Brent Berry, I think, works for the Spurs. I don't know if I'm right there or not, but I think that's right. He's in the. He's in the front office with the Spurs or was he's DM me on Twitter randomly and was like, look, I use one of your drills. It was like a backwards jumps balance drill or something like that. He's like, I use one of your drills for your, 
uh, my ebook for shooting. And he just wanted to say thanks and whatever. And he sent me a copy of it. So I read a little bit and he tells a story about Steve Kerr working with a shooting coach for the Spurs and the Spurs coach brought him in for a workout and, and Steve's like, all right, what are we going to do? And at this point, Steve Kerr's past the bulls, right? He's a, he's a whatever guy off the bench and the coach has him. He's like, just take a seat there, have some coffee. Heard, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Read the, read the newspaper. And then uh, he, at Randley five minutes later, he checks his watch. He's like, all right, let's go. And then gets Steve up, passes him one shot. I don't know if he makes or misses it and then goes back and sits back down. He's like, you're going to have to come off the bench cold like this. And <laughs> that is massive. You know what I mean? Like that's, that was very specific to Steve Kerr. So, and I'm sure Steve got a million reps, right. In his shooting career and probably could do that by himself. So this guy's like, look, we're going to sit here. You're going to get cold and we're going to hop back in. Yeah. You can ask yourself, like I've shot how many shots. If I shoot any more of those shots, am I really going to get any better? Like, right. like, or do I need to try something in this other area? Think about like you are, um, within a box, right? My friend Vernon Griffith says this from like extra movements, but he's like, imagine a box and you keep doing the same reps. Well, you're going to learn the radius of that circle within the box you've explored. But how about get mm -hmm. to the corner, find the edges, sure. go to these parts you haven't gone to because you've spent so much time extracting whatever the, the, the squeeze out of that limit of that one slice. Like there's a whole other limit left. So yeah. people say, oh, that's crazy. Don't do that stuff. Well, it's like, look, I've already gotten really good. And odds are I haven't gotten any better in three years. I want to go <laughs> over that corner over there. Yeah. <laughs> Let me try this one over here. Because at worst, it's going to challenge certain things related to your you. shots, yeah. which then might teach you what you need to do. Because a lot of times I talk to people and I said, look, like you should know what you need to work on. And uh, yeah. you should really think about, and like, again, it's a lucky situation that I know AJ Green really well, good friend. Um, I train mm -hmm. him, but it's just like he's likes the sports science stuff. He's a picture of him reading Rob Gray's book, walking yeah, through I've the seen Bucks you post tunnel. That. It's yeah. hilarious because him and I have book clubs. And we talk about this stuff. And it's yeah. just like the more he can learn what he needs to learn and what he needs to do, or any athlete, the better it is. Because you should go to Shane and say, Shane, I need to get better at these things. I need this. Let yeah. me, Mr. Resource, to help me do that. You are, mm -hmm. Shane, the Google. I don't go to Google yeah. and like, tell me what I want to try and look for. No, you go to Google looking right. for something. So like, if you come to me and like, I want to work out, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like me too. What like, are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to <laughs> get better at? <laughs> like, yeah. what do you want to do? And it's like, my work yeah. with Reed, when we talk about getting him, you know, physically ready to handle certain positions and movements, like, what do mm -hmm. you, what are you not good at? <laughs> like, what is it? What don't, what are you not confident in or what doesn't feel as good? Yeah. And yeah. It, I feel like that's a skill. I feel like that's a skill for kids to know how to, to self-evaluate. I think that's something that they, they probably aren't taught a lot, but it is super valuable. Like you're, like you're saying, because when you're a pro or even you're, you're in college, it's your career, man. It is your career. Yeah. At the end of the day, you look in the mirror, it's your career. And so yeah. like kind of tying this back all together, like what is a good shot? It's up to yeah. you. Like really yeah. try and understand the definition of a good shot. Don't say it's because it's open or yeah. think about like, is it like the highest effect or true shooting field goal percentage yield for me? I had, yep. I had a line. I said, <laughs> the pickup. I said, my bad shots are better than any of your open looks. <laughs> That's how I felt. That's how I felt in high school. I always tell people that I was like, look, if I don't shoot this 50% contested shot, that means that guy over there is going to shoot a wide open <laughs> shot and it's going to be bad. <laughs> I tell you this right now, that one ain't going in. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's, that's true funny. though. It's, it's factually yeah, yeah. true. 
And yeah. coaches like the reason why I brought up, I've mentioned Marshall Henderson in our show notes. Yeah. I'm not sure if is it Andy Kennedy, Adam Kennedy. I apologize. Kennedy is the last name coach. Um, he coached at Ole Miss. He now coaches UAB. Marshall Henderson, high clip score. He now works mm-hmm. with Jelly Walker at UAB, Lynn Nation's mm-hmm. lead scorer. He has a knack for just like um Lon Kruger had the same knack too for having like prolific scores. Buddy Heald, Trey Young, these guys mm-hmm. who just took shots that people were like, oh, that's a bad shot. But lo and behold, they'd win games and score lots ah, of points. Yeah. It's really interesting. Like, I wonder what those guys, I think it's. That's what I was going to say. I wonder what they would say to what they've done or said to those players to make them feel like that or to give them that. Yeah. Like uh, it's, it's, it's a very interesting realm to go. Cause those are two coaches who stand out to me the most when it comes to just like, uh, Mike sure. D'Antoni kind of was an envelope pusher, pusher in the NBA from that standpoint. But from a college standpoint, those are the two guys who have seen with like the most commonly like gunslinging players. That, and so right. like, what's maybe they ha- think about the sh- a good shot in that extent. Um, and then yeah. and we're not going to dive into it here, but you can talk about what's good defense too. Like the defense, mm-hmm. the inverse of that. So like, what's like what you def- had talked about earlier. Yeah. yeah. My good defense. What's well, good defense for Max versus what's good defense and for people, Marcus Smart, right? Yeah, yeah. And what people make the mistake of is like good defense isn't stopping someone. People think defense is a yes or no. It's not did I block or steal someone's shot. It's did I have them take the highest or the worst probability shot. The worst. Too often people try and block it and they foul someone. And when you try and block someone, it actually increases their true shooting percentage because you can foul them and they can get free throws. Yeah. And so like if you get a steal, that's a a hindrance. Let them shoot it and let them miss it. If they make it, congratulations. It's yeah. not about makes or misses, it's about probabilities. And so like I, yeah, I, I okay, so I have a question for you. If let's say you have let's say like we talked before, you you got your kid, right? And you want them to be you want them to be a high-level shooter, right? What are you going to do with them? Are you going to teach them the physics, right? Are you going to have them shoot without on a certain level hoop? Or are you going to uh I think you first have them foster, shoot with no hoop? Foster success. Yeah. Like okay. encourage them um, my dad taught me how to shoot and he was always very encouraging. Same, shoot, same. He, yep. Shoot the ball. You're the best shooter out there. He never told us a bad shoot. You're the best shooter out there. You, your shot's better than his shot. Go shoot it. You, you yeah, know, this sounds literally like my father. And, and, That's it's, crazy. It's so potent when someone believes in you and it's the same yeah. thing. Belief in schooling. Someone tells you you're smart. Yep. You're like, you're not like, I'm, I am smart. I gotta be accountable and be smart now for them. And yeah. so foster the, the urge to shoot and like the want to shoot. And the next in that realm is sure. like they're going to start taking shots. And that's really important yeah. because the famous thing is like, if you take shots and miss shots, people are still going to think you're a shooter. <laughs> like, like, Oh my gosh. So, Isn't that crazy? People have NBA players have labels as shooter. And you're like, dude, this guy literally is not that at all. Or and, three but, and D is like, this guy's not even good on defense. And so you can go in and you can establish yourself as a shooter by just shooting the ball. And they're going to, sure. by default, you'll become a shooter. You either can get better at it or you're going to keep shooting the rock. Yeah. You obviously so have to make give shots. It, help them, help them feel like they have that, that label of like, I am a shooter. Yeah, and yep. expl- take tough shots, make tough shots. Um, you know, a lot of things that were really helpful was like really learning your shots. That helped me a lot. Was like my dad was always like, reflect on a miss, understand why you miss it, and feel it, it. Feel it. Like, did it come off that part of your finger wrong? Like, yeah. And some people say that's not a good thing. It's always helped me because what he's doing it's without knowing too, it is it pushes the attractors. You start to learn what actually matters. 
Like, and then yes. what you, when you learn what matters, you learn what doesn't matter. So then you start to- Perfect I, example for yeah. that. I, it'll slip off my hand to my pinky and I will purposely shoot my follow through the other direction. And if you probably froze it, it would be pointing the wrong way and be like, that's the wrong follow through. And I'm like, look, it was come off my hand the wrong way. So I had to, I had to. And then what you think is you don't think about your feet. Oh, it's my hand. So I can take any shot I want. As long as my hand's right, I can make anything. So yeah, like if my elbow's people, square, yeah. People yeah. think often, oh, you've made it too conscious, right? You made him only, he's thinking about a shot. No, actually, I removed him to think about anything else. So now he's not yeah. thinking about his footwork. He's not thinking about the catch. You get these guys who are yep. like, dip, elbow, hand, eye, shoot. And you're like, okay, if any of this goes wrong along <laughs> the way, then I ain't making it. <laughs> but if I'm just, my release point, ah, the shot's on my hand anyway, make or miss. <laughs> we're going to find yeah. out. At least I right. we're going to find out now it's in the air. And Dude. so- that's an important yeah. one for me. It's like, oh, and there was a follow through thing for me, like learning what matters most, um, especially yes. because if you go into a game and you're missing shots, you're going to have to sometimes like just shooting your way out of it doesn't work. You're going right. to be like, okay, like in, in warmups to halftime, let's, let's, what's my rhythm, my timing. I got to make, I got to make some adjustments. Yeah. And people don't like to hear that. in like the, the controlled world of sports where like the v- random variability, people hate that. It's helped me. So I think like owning your shot. Yeah, man, that's helped me too. Own sure. your shot, make it your shot, encourage the shot, t- shoot the damn ball, go outside and practice, imagine yeah. stuff. People don't imagine anymore. Go out there, think you're in a game, think you're different players, go play as your favorite player. Yeah. Go take shots because when you start to envision it, that in- it brings in the variability naturally because now you're, that defender is magically, not a cone, that defender was guard. That's why I took that shot. That defender was yeah. on me. You um, know what? This, this that's why I like I like these conversations. I really like this podcast because if you your understanding of the science behind stuff, right? And uh, the idea is like some of these like basic things, right? That um, it, it's like politics. It's like it's either we're going all this way or we're going all that way. But we can slide the scale based on what we need, right? Like we can. If I need reps, then that's what I need, right? Or if I need like to, to make it a little bit more challenging, then that's what I need. Yeah. It's, I, I challenge everyone to just try and find true definition. Like yeah, what is a, like a, the start of the top? What is a good shot? What as a coach, like, why are you yelling at me to box out? Like, do you really yeah. need to yell at me to box out? Like my sure. coach never gave me any energy to play at the age in high and college. Like sure. The bench would actually hype me up more when I heard the bench cheer. Yeah. My coach yelling like, good job. Didn't mean anything. nothing. Nothing. I knew your ass was going to so interesting. Shot anyway, my boys, when they hype me up and they dab me up on a three and I throw up my, you know, my tray ball or yeah. I, I'm heat, I start yeah. to stir the pot with a three, a little three guitar. Love Don't it. give a crap about if coach if is my coach dap me up. Screw you, dude. I know you, 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 <laughs> you want to win. And maybe it's a bad relationship with the coach, but like, you yeah. know, like, uh, I don't know. I didn't feel like an endearment to him because I knew if I missed shots, he'd pull me. And that's the cost of doing business. Yeah. I get it. Yep. He's, he's making business decisions, man. And yep. it's he's not going to be the hype guy. And he shouldn't be because that's a stupid coach. If you're no, going to be shooting him, Max. Well, just like the guy shouldn't be the guy that needs to tell you to box out, right? Like he's, that's not the same even... token, right? He doesn't need to yeah. like, be like, yeah. hey, box out. I'm like, I know. Hey, Max, remember. <laughs> I've been hearing that since third grade, sir. <laughs> like, uh, all right, make sure you really set the screen, coach. If we're not going to set the screen without the information, or we're, without, if we're not yeah. going to set it with you. <laughs> the deed's been done already at this point. Yeah, yeah. Versus like yep. being like intelligent and be like, okay, they they have a certain lineup in when this lineup's in. Let's run a two-three zone because of tendencies. 
Um, this action's working really well. And I don't want to get into coaching. We can do sure. it another time. But like college coaches, yeah. at least I've worked with, and they do this all the time. If the action worked, run it again. Run it until they stop it. Just run the damn thing over and over and over. And don't run a counter. Run the same thing. Run the yeah. same play. Because I'll tell you right now on defense, when you guys ran an action and scored on us, I was praying to God he didn't ran that same thing next yeah, time. Yeah, for sure. God, do not run the cross screen big back stain. Like, well, please don't it's run like, It's like having a team that has some structure from your coach as far as like, what, how are we going to play? But then having players out there that are self thinkers that like, we need to do this because of this and not like coach said, these are the rules. So don't think about anything and don't be creative. Just do what we're supposed to do. Cause I'll, that's just not how it works. The coach isn't going to win the game like that. I'll end it. Well, I want to wrap it up here, not drag everyone too long, yeah. but this is a quick yeah, story. Yeah. It's exactly like that. We have playing, um, co-college we are in my freshman and freshman year playing north park in chicago and the big man was like oh for three for 20 from the three-point line early in the season so he shot 23 Yikes. so like clearly the guy can shoot though because he he's the coach is still letting him shoot he's the rock. pulling he's still shooting yeah. and so on the scouting board it said like not a shooter so rondo defense back off he hits two threes let's go and we're like oh like okay and like he's on the other teams it's not our guy the other guy it's north park oh okay yeah. okay hits a two threes misses and then Comes down, hits a third one, and our big man yells, goes, He's not a shooter, though. And we're all like, dude, just guard him. He's hit two. <laughs> like, he is, though, you dummy. Like, what do you mean? Like, I don't just care if you are think. or not. You hit two, three, like, guard his ass. Like, yeah, yeah. And you can tell, like, the minute guy with his form, like, you're like, Oh, that can actually shoot the rock. He's maybe missing. right. You can tell how it flows like, up the be body. He's a smart yeah. basketball player. Like, this guy yeah. planks just one and throws it. it, like, behind his head and makes it. Like, I dare your ass to make it again. Like, go ahead. Right. Please that do that again. again. <laughs> There's no way that's consistently going on. Basketball <laughs> smarts, right? Be an intelligent person. And so, like, yeah. that's where the yep. analytics get in the way because you can sure, have, sure. People don't understand it. Like, what's the sample size? Well, 10 shots is not a sample size. So, like, if you guys throw right. it behind his head, he, I could shoot from half court and easily start the season three for 10 or four for 10. And be forty percent three point shooter from fat half court, and the coach will like get yeah. up on him. He's like, no, shoot, <laughs> shoot half court shots all you want, dude. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's, I it's, like it. That's why I'm gonna leave it at here today. I know we're at the time yep. length; it's pretty long, so we'll stop it here. Again, appreciate you guys listening. Feel free to share yep. these clips wherever you want. We all we love the 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 reposting is always very cool. So we appreciate yep. that ton. Shane, do you have anything to say before I hog the? I end think. Here? No, I think it was good, man. It's uh, another good podcast. I think the... Uh, by the, the way, cool I, part I always love the hype that you... I like you say this is a good podcast. Let's just... Yeah. <laughs> in another case great you guys one. didn't know. An- another one. In case you don't know, if you haven't decided, this was another good one. You should look at an adjective yeah. to describe it. This was good <laughs> uh, I encourage people to leave the comments kind of we talked about before because the, the topic episodes is um all us right now so if we can get some feedback on that that'd be awesome because we'd love to talk about that stuff anything that's on people's mind Absolutely. i do think like when we have these topic ideas like today was like what's a good shot we probably hit i mean each thing that we talked about probably could be a different podcast too i know I that, look, look at the show notes we like got to some of them <laughs> well and that's one of my favorite things too because it technically a lot of it was all related but anyways regardless uh if, if people have ideas, please leave them in the comments. Please DM us or however you tweet at us, however you want to do it. Absolutely, everyone. Thank you. I appreciate you all. Take care. Um, this is You won't hear this by New Year's, but it's New Year's tomorrow or next day. So happy nope. New Year's, everyone. You'll hear happy it later, but give you guys a little love. Happy 2022. Appreciate you, Shane. All right, guys. Take care.